This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. We are really going through this, and you know, I love that because it's our place-based. I know. It's so important. I could have any one of these conversations for the entire two-hour block. I know. And, and we'll fortunately here at the Wharton Social Impact Conference, our, our attendees will be able to hear more of those types of conversations. <laughs> true, yep. um, so if, if you weren't able to join us, you were missing out. But you are listening to a special edition of Dollars and Change. Like I said, we're here on the floor, the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. It's funny because Conference. we're smiling like we're on television. <laughs> I know. I know. If people were watching us, you'd think us we were like Hoda and, and Kathy Lee I over know. here. But we're we have real- giant <laughs> glasses of wine. Just <laughs> not, kidding. Not really. We don't have wine. <laughs> but, but we are here with, you know, many of our excellent experts who have just tremendous expertise in the in the impact investing in the business of social impact uh, spaces and our next guest is actually Ava Lala um, who is the director of Geneva Global I'd love to welcome you to the show Ava it's actually pronounced Ava it is Ava, Ava. I knew yeah. it you know what as <laughs> soon as it came out of my mouth I was like Ava Ava there it is so thank you so much Excellent. Okay. Nava, you, you've got Philly roots, which I love, Villanova degree, and then working in some great spaces in, in Philadelphia. Tell us a little bit about your career path and how you ended up at Geneva Global. Sure. Um, actually, I spent 12 years at a financial services company yep. based out of um, the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I had just, uh, I, I appreciated the company, but after a while, I kind of wanted to do something that felt a little bit more meaningful for me. And it was actually at Villanova that I latched onto this idea of working at a company that had a really strong social purpose kind of built in. And I uh, happened to come across Geneva Global and um, took two years of kind of patiently being persistent and trying to convince them that they needed me and that ended up happening. <laughs> so I've been Excellent. there for a couple of years That's now. That's a valuable message to our students sort of who are listening. Yes. And, and a follow-up question that I'll ask on behalf of the many MBAs who asked me the question, you graduate, you work in finance, but you have an interest in pursuing impact in your career. What did you do to sort of keep your pulse on the industry uh, to stay relevant within like sort of trends, what was happening in impact as you worked in traditional finance at SEI so that you could make that successful pivot to Geneva? Yeah, so I did a lot of reading on my own, started um, just following what was happening in the impact investing industry as well as philanthropy. Um, and then just got out and talked to a lot of people and had to really build an entirely new network. And so it was reaching out to people and then also volunteering and getting involved, at least in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The the community here is small. You start to see the same faces yes, over indeed, and over and again. Yes, indeed, your investor circle yeah, and the company. Exactly. And, yeah. yep. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces today, too, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm reconnecting with a lot of good friends. So, Ava, tell us a little bit more about Geneva Global. And you guys are really trying to think about the different ways that people can have an impact. So what is sort of your approach when a client comes to you with with some sort of issue? Yeah. So Geneva Global is a certified B Corporation. We are a philanthropic consulting company. So we're a for-profit company that specializes in helping a variety of clients think about their philanthropy and helping them get the most good that they can from that investment, that philanthropic investment. And um, actually, we do have uh, our roots actually come from two investment managers who were billionaires and wanted basically a philanthropic investment bank and to think about how can my philanthropic capital be um, generate as much positive return as I think about when I'm investing in the capital markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was kind of the genesis around that. Excellent. You said most good. Um, and I think so much, so, so often within social impact, you hear these things like, how can I do the most good? How can I make the best change? But it's a relative term because 
folks think about their impact very differently. Is it depth of impact? Is it breadth of impact? So talk to us about the journey you take with those you advise in, in helping them craft that definition of what impact means. You're exactly right. So it starts with what we try to always talk about is balancing the heart and the head. So a lot of mm -hmm. clients will come certainly to philanthropy with their heart in the right spot. Mm -hmm. We just want to make sure that they bring along their head alongside with that and really figuring out what feels right for them. So every client is different. And I love that you also talked about the donor journey because that really is what it's all about. And so it starts really with understanding what is it that motivates um, that client and what they're passionate about. And you're right, sometimes it is around reaching the, the most number of people, um, and that could be in a particularly shallow way. So one example is um, we've worked with some clients that have funded um, treatment and preventive action against neglected tropical diseases. So a pill could cost 50 cents. So you can reach a whole lot of people for an investment of $100,000 if you're giving a 50 cent you know, vaccination or something like that. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got clients that want to um, make a difference and eradicate um, and fight modern day trafficking and slavery. And you think about, well, that's a pretty intensive um, and you think you know, about what a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, get you, you can only reach a certain one yeah, person exactly. through that journey. Yes. So, you know, I'm curious what you're seeing around, you know, the merging of heart and head. Right? You referenced sort of how um, these individuals are thinking about their philanthropic output with the same rigor that they're thinking about their investment capital. Are they also starting to think about their investment capital differently in in their work with you? And are you exploring that broader look of you know, hey, here's the philanthropic opportunities, but here's what you can actually do with your investment capital to make impact? Certainly, I think a lot of clients are starting to realize that, um, you know, having a, um, aligning their, their values and their mission can now span a spectrum. And on one end of the spectrum, it's certainly the grants, but then you can also think about how can you deploy your other capital um, to have an impact as well. And you're certainly seeing that, especially from some of the foundations, um, when they realize, oh, wow, the, the actually the, our portfolio, the 95% of our assets are just sitting there, and maybe that can have a bigger impact um, or, or have an impact as well as what we're doing on the um, deploying it in the traditional grants. Well, and in, in that case, I think earlier on our show, not today, but um, in pr a previous show, we had the, the head of the F.B. Heron Foundation on, and she, she said an anecdote that I really, really struck me. She said, you know, in our grant making, we really wanted to combat recidivism to make sure that people weren't just re-entering the prison system. But we realized that our endowment was invested in Corp Corrections Corporation of America. Huh. So they were seeing, you know, this sort of, you know, th they were combating one thing with one hand and, and investing in the other, and they might have might have been at odds. Um, so they made some strategic decisions there, and we also know that just, um, you know, recently the Ford Foundation made their big announcement Correct. where they'll be yeah. doing um, mission-related investment out of their endowment. Yeah. And to take it even a step further, you know, the, uh, Ruth Schaber and the Tara Health Foundation, she's saying... How can my 5% you know, sort of active capital within my foundation be informing the 95% invested? How do I use that as yeah. sort of a, a testing and learning opportunity to help that 95% be invested more deliberately? And that's really what we've always talked about is philanthropy, especially private philanthropy. One of the best things is that it basically can help de-risk certain yes. things and yep. make it safe, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be granted anyways. Why not try and try some innovative things that can then make it safe for government or businesses to then pick up those solutions that have been proven out by the nonprofit sector, and then really, you're, then you're talking about scale. Oh yeah, and that's really kind of the holy grail sometimes for philanthropists. Mm -hmm. 
We're here on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. This is a special broadcast of Dollars in Change. We are here with Ava Lala, who is the director of Geneva Global. And Ava, I wanted to ask you, too, um, given such a, a breadth of interest areas, some thematic interest areas probably of your client base, how does a company like Geneva Global find the expertise across all of those areas? You know, you mentioned human trafficking and um, vaccines, very different realms for, for someone's background and, and professional experience. Correct. So one of the things that we feel um, we'd like to encourage more in philanthropy is really listening and being informed by the communities in which you work. And so tr- uh, traditionally, we've worked in a lot of developing countries. And so what we are doing whenever we have a, a client that's interested in making a difference in a particular sector or a geography is we actually are going to the community and letting those um, community members and leaders and the nonprofit sector in that community inform what needs to happen. And so what we've been able to do is, is partner with those um, individuals and uh, community-led organizations in, that, in those areas. So that's basically, we, we need to know a little bit, but we're counting a lot more on the communities themselves sure. to feed us what is it that they really need and what's going to make a difference there. And can you talk to us about a, a, a particular example of effective collaboration within one of those communities where you're able to sort of, you know, highlight opportunities for folks to make the most of the, the things they're bringing to the table? Sure. One example, and we've been increasingly talking about how can philanthropy use to also create systemic change. Uh, and we feel it's a counterbalance that, you know, there's a lot of um, hype around social entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. certainly they play a, a good role. But that's not going to completely solve an issue, and you really need to think about it systematically um, and at a larger scale. Mm-hmm. So one example of that was our work in um, around the India-Nepal border, where there was a lot of trafficking because the border was so porous. So what we looked to do was we came in with a a slight hypothesis of what would it take to reduce the amount of trafficking that was happening. Um, And we we pulled together all the different organizations that were working in that area and discovered, for example, that some of them didn't even know each other, even though they were 20 miles apart, because no one had ever thought to bring together nonprofits that are working on preventing slavery, those that are working on the prosecution, those that are working on um, rehabilitation. So we pulled, all, we pulled about 28 organizations together who were working on this problem um, and got them to kind of collaborate and, and solve the problem together. And I think that, that is particularly important when you're talking about you know, these, these nonprofits and direct service opportunities where the capacity just doesn't exist to go out and form that ecosystem. So it's a really pivotal role that these sort of third-party brokers can play in bringing everyone together and making sure that you're making the most of the, you know, the assets at work. Yep. So I also wanted to know, you, you started talking about, okay, well, let me back up. So Vice Dean Catherine Klein, another co-host of Dollars and Change and our boss. Um, our even, boss's boss. That's right. <laughs> even with an impact investing, she often says, what are you investing in? Mm-hmm. So whether we're talking about philanthropy and, you know, the nonprofits or organizations that they support or impact investing, what, you know, you sort of gave a great example, but what are you looking for in hi- highly effective nonprofits when you're trying to invest in them? Because we are typically finding those small, local, grassroots organizations, we're, fi- we're looking for um, organizations that have a lot of potential. And we, are, we luckily have philanthropists that are, are 
pretty patient and somewhat sophisticated, and they understand that it's going to take some capacity building along the way. And so where the extra investment, we talk about not only doing good, but doing great, where that great component comes in is making investments in these um, community-based organizations and strengthening their leadership, strengthening Ah. their processes. So that way they... That almost sounds like venture philanthropy. Yeah, exactly. And that's really how we tend to think about it, again, given that investment um, DNA that we come with. So what do you think, in, ter- in terms of sort of the, the next horizon of philanthropy or just Geneva Global's work, what do you think are some of the exciting opportunities and also some of the challenges you might be facing as an organization? I think certainly an opportunity is around this notion of, of thinking about problems in a systematic way and figuring out how can you not only use the nonprofit sector, but how do you bring in business into the fold or how do you um, scale a program so now government can pick it up? And being this sort of convener role where you're pulling in all of the necessary actors together to, to try to solve a problem over the long haul. So I think that's, that's really an opportunity where we've done that ourselves, and now we're in a position where we're helping to coach other systems thinkers around how to do that. Because we've learned a lot of lessons along the way, some, some great, and then we've, we've made our share of mistakes as well. And so we want to impart that learning and are seeing a lot of clients interested in helping, um, of help, having us help them think through that. Excellent. And in our last minute here, um, can you give us a highlight of a couple of those big lessons learned for our listeners? What are a couple of things they should be thinking about? Yeah, if they're looking to create systemic change and be that kind of pivotal role. One is it, it's collaboration. So, and to be that sort of central gear that we, we talk about, it's around having no ego. You are really there to highlight and lift up and promote all of the other players that you're working with. You need to foster a lot of trust, be an honest broker, um, and be in it for the long haul. It takes a lot of patience um, to do that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I think of my own background with philanthropists, and, and Sandy, you've worked a lot, yes. too, with donors. And I'm also just thinking, oh, there's some ego involved. Oh, <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and I think part of it, you know, it, it comes from a good place of just figuring out, like, I have to develop a strong opinion to, um, to learn and deploy the way that I want. And now that we're getting a more informed economy, I think we can start to see some of that ego dissipate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got to take a short break. Thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us, Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Ava. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. We'll be right back. This is Dollars and Change on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.